0: Welcome to the Trumpet Call Podcast. I'm your host, John Martin. I'm here with Ryan Snodgrass, who's from Fort Bliss, ministering to the military there and anyone else who wants to follow Jesus. So thanks for joining us, Ryan.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, John. It's good to be here.
0: Awesome. And thanks for all you who are tuning in to listen. We're doing the fourth mark of a disciple maker, which is living among those who do not know or do not follow Christ. So, Uh, Ryan, you've described yourself as an evangelist and having an evangelistic bent. So I'm super excited to learn from you and to hear what you have to say. So first things first, how did you come to understand that you had an evangelistic uh, outlook and an evangelistic way about you?
1: That's a great question. Uh, For me, the journey of discovering my gifting has been very interesting. Uh, From a young age, evangelism was a huge part of my life became a Christian when I was around the age of four. My parents helped to lead me to Christ. And actually, when I was the age of nine, I remember having this memory of being with my friends in the park. And I think we were doing something like building sandcastles or something like that. And I just remember asking my friends, hey, do you guys want to become Christians? And some of them, I think, said, yes, we like to become Christians. And so I, at that point, we prayed together, you know, you might what you might call the sinner's prayer. It's not like there's anything magical behind those words, but I did the best that I could as a nine-year-old to pray a person through receiving Jesus. And so as I look back on that memory, I think it's it's obvious that my gifting is evangelism, one of them at least. But what's kind of funny is that I didn't really recognize that my gifting was evangelism until about last year in the fall of 2020 when i was doing a spiritual gifts assessment with some folks that were in my community and as each of us was sharing our findings as far as what we thought our giftings might be i shared with the group you know i think my thing might be evangelism but you know, maybe maybe not i guess you know i was expressing maybe a little bit of doubt and the the people that i was meeting with just looked at me just like "Ryan are you crazy?" and because to them it was obvious that my gifting was in evangelism. That's at least one of them. And I just wasn't aware of it. And so something that I think is important for us as believers to understand is that if you really want to grow in your knowledge of what your gifting set is, ask the people that are in the community around you, especially the person that's discipling you, because as they spend time with you and get to know you and see the way that God uses you to minister to other people, don't grow to understand what your gifting set is possibly and more than likely before, you know, what it is hmm. being, who's been a mentor for me. He, as he had told me that he thought that my gifting set included evangelism. I just didn't, I didn't really receive it at first. And I think something else that's related to this is a passage from Romans 12, three, where Paul is talking. And he says this to the people in, in Rome. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. What I find interesting about this passage is I think there's two sides uh, of an extremism that are unhealthy in the body of Christ. Uh, on one side, you're going to have one person that might ask this question, why wouldn't God want to use me? I've got it. I, I've got all my life together, You know, whatever it might be. And, but what's interesting is the person who would ask that question, why wouldn't God want to use me, is that they deny their need for God to work through them to minister to others. Um, But then on the other side, you have an extreme of people that would ask this question, why would God want to use me? And they think that maybe because of something that they've done in the past, or maybe a skill set that they think is lacking in their lives, that maybe they're just not qualified for ministry. And But uh, that's the side that I come from. I I didn't really believe that what I had was valuable to God. And God has taken me through a journey to help me see that because I'm his son and he loves me and his spirit lives in me, he will use me. Um, He's empowered me to go out and advance his kingdom in the way that I have been gifted in this area of evangelism.
0: Hmm. That's so awesome. I love the working through that, just the emotional side of. You know, God using each one of us. So, so now I'm curious. Now, as uh, you said, Rusty Bean kind of was the one that's kind of helped you with some of this, right, Ryan? Yes, that's correct. Was there something new that happened as that was identified in your life? Like, oh, yeah, you are an evangelist. Did that change the direction of your life in some way? Of like, oh, I'm an evangelist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this more.
1: I'm not so sure if anything changed on the outside because evangelism was just kind of. Uh, you might say that it was oozing out of me and I didn't really even realize it. And so I think that what has happened is that I've learned to relax in the fact that this is my gift. And, and I'm, I'm learning to recognize that it's a good thing. And God wants me to, to honor him by using this gift and also not be afraid of it or be ashamed of it. Uh, I used to think that maybe because my gifting didn't look like someone else's, that I didn't have maybe as much value in the kingdom of God. And, and so I think that God, all that he's asking us to do is, is to rest in the fact that we're his beloved children and all that he He also wants us to just be faithful with what he's given us. And, and I'm so thankful that when we stand before Jesus um, as, as believers, he's not going to ask us why we didn't have the gifts of somebody else. He's going to be looking at, at us and asking us how we've been faithful with the gifting that he's given to us.
0: That is so profound and awesome. So what would you say, Ryan, what's the, what's the passage scripture that just launches you in this gift of evangelism the most motivates you the most?
1: I think one of the most impacting scriptures for me is Matthew 9 36. And it's where Jesus, he sees the multitudes and the scriptures say that he was moved with compassion towards them because they're fainted and scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And I, I related to that idea. There's another passage that I think I have to share as well, which is Colossians two thirteen. as before we know Jesus that we're dead in our sins and the uncircumcision of our flesh. And so if you really think about it, the people that don't know Jesus really are the walking dead and the people that we are around every day, that don't know him, there is no life in them. And and I think that that helps sometimes to to give me an encouragement to wanna go out and at at least share the gospel or at, at most, or at least feeling a compassion for the people that are around me. Because we do need to get this message out. People do need to hear about the good news that we are sinners, but that Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Uh, I, I think that those are two very important passages for me. Mm.
0: That is so cool. I, I love the uh, the emphasis on just having compassion. You know, just looking around, seeing the crowd, seeing these walking dead people, and thinking, "Man, I've got to help them." And I think a lot of times in my own life, Ryan, the the reason the reason the thing that motivates me most is compassion, and the thing that I'm lacking most when I don't is compassion. So uh, it's just such a good word. Have you ever found it um, challenging to maybe balance, or have you ever felt this tension of trying to balance a quote-unquote discipleship ministry uh, and then also like have this quote-unquote evangelistic ministry?
1: I actually have really struggled through that. A part of the reason I struggled through that is, again, I was wrestling with my own identity and being comfortable with how God had made me. And so I, I really wasn't as willing to step forward and maybe use this gifting as much as, as I am now. And so I think part of that as you mature in Christ is just being comfortable in your own in in the way that God has designed you. But I think something else too that as, as a navigator that I have to be careful of is that I'm not so focused on what uh, I, we might call disciple making that we forget a truth which is i think that evangelism is a part of the disciple making process and so if you think about it if you're getting to know someone at work and you're building a a relationship and a connection with them so that eventually one day you're you're able to share your testimony with them or maybe you're able to share the bridge or another evangelistic tool and they become a christian well you've already taken and made an investment in that person's life whether that's over the course of six months or a year, and without the other person maybe even realizing it, you've started the discipleship process with them. It's just that it's begun with evangelism. And and so I think that that's just something that we need to be willing to view uh, as, as followers of Christ and people who are very passionate about disciple making that we just need to include this as part of the process. And and something else that I would say is is I do think it is possible to make disciples and to advance God's kingdom through evangelism. Uh, One of the the models, of course, that we have in Scripture is, is Jesus' model. And we see that there are a number of times when he's in front of crowds. John 6 is one of them where Jesus says that he's the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will not hunger. Whoever believes in him will never thirst. And he's almost throwing out a line just to see who's hungry. And what's interesting is you just have to ask the question, well, who was there? It wasn't just the crowds that were there, but it was the disciples that were watching Jesus as he shared the gospel. And so I think that a good application for us is if we're going to go out and maybe do either some cold turkey evangelism, or maybe there's a friend that we're beginning to make connections with from work or maybe from uh, another circle uh, that you know that's part of our life, bring the person that you're discipling to maybe be a part of that conversation, and so that they can observe the way that you're interacting with the way that you're sharing the gospel, and then at the end, from what they thought about the process. So it's I, I think that we just need to be open to that idea.
0: Sometimes it feels like if it's only this quote unquote disciple making ministry and I'm just discipling people and giving them tools for growth and then those people are going to give help other people give them tools to grow. And there's not this there's not a direct emphasis on the person who is lost. Then it can feel I don't know it can feel like a dangerous think tank. Or something, you know, where where I I don't know. I wonder if there's for me. I'm not a gifted evangelist, but there seems to be some value in always having this pucker factor going on when I'm talking with the lost, and just being willing to lay my life down for somebody and be an awkward conversation uh, versus like right. disciple making. Yeah, and like giving somebody tools that just I'm I really comfortable with that. So
1: yeah, I think it's it's very interesting that sometimes. Even if you think about the different great commissions that are given towards the end of the Gospels, Matthew 28 is is, is a very important one of those great commissions where Jesus does say to go out and make disciples. But in some of the other great commissions that are mentioned, Jesus does say that it was meant for the Christ to suffer, that he would die and be raised, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached basically to to the world. And so we have to remember that part of the great commission is... To advance the gospel and so one of the ways that I like to express that is uh, if I were to combine the Great Commission's from all the different Gospels is I think that Jesus heart is that we advance the gospel by making disciples and but the sharing of the gospel is part of that
0: hmm uh, that's great it's laser laser focus on the message and being true to the scriptures I'd love to hear one of your favorite stories to tell or one of your most discouraging stories to tell, Ryan, either way.
1: Sure. Um, I think that one of my favorite stories to tell is, I, I guess just the way that God uses my gifting of evangelism to sometimes correct me in my life. Uh, so, the, the story that I'm gonna share has to do with, I was taking a trip uh, to Los Angeles in California And as I was going to California, I just had this impression in my mind of the state of California. And the belief that I had in in my mind was that people don't really want to know about Jesus in California. They're, I guess they're hardened. They they don't really want to know. And so I have this belief, which was unhealthy. It was a lie. I I arrived to L.A. and I was going to meet some friends for lunch at a chicken place. Uh, I think Roscoe's Chicken is the name of it but my friends got stuck in traffic in LA, which happens a lot. And so I decided that I would wait outside of the restaurant since I had already arrived there. And I would just read my Bible cause I hadn't had my quiet time for the day. And so I'm reading my Bible and the security guard for this uh, chicken place, this chicken restaurant comes up and begins to engage me. And his name is Tristan. And I began to talk with Tristan Um, he, we, he noted that I was reading the Bible at some point, and then it also came up in our conversation that he had a very, uh, serious condition, uh, related to his lungs that could at any point at at that, at that point, it was possible that he could lose his life because of this breathing condition, uh, that he had. And, and so that also led us to, to talk about, engage more about the scriptures. And I shared the bridge with Tristan. Just because we were, you know, we were there, we were talking about some very serious matters of maybe him dying because of his condition. And after I shared the bridge with Tristan, he said that he wanted to become a Christian. And so uh, looking back on that experience, (laughs) it's just so clear to me that God was, as, as much as God used that experience to encourage Tristan, he really used that experience to correct me in my thinking. We always have to be ready to share the gospel because we just don't know who is going to be open to hearing the good news about Jesus.
0: Awesome, God! It seems like God is always like knocking two, three, four birds, you know, with one stone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, He really does. Yeah. Thank, well, thanks for sharing that. That is super encouraging. So, Pracap, we got um, we got about three minutes left what, what are some prac app things for you? Uh, you know, what, what's most helpful? What would you say? Never, ever, ever do this. What are, what are some things you'd, you'd have for us?
1: Sure. I think that the, one of the, the best things that I can encourage you is if you're wanting to grow in the area of evangelism, find somebody who's gifted in this area and pick their brain. Um, so some of the things that I've gleaned from a, a guy named Chuck Wood that I use in my ministry with evangelism is if I'm at a restaurant that I frequent, or even just any, any random location that I'm getting fast food at, I'll either ask the cashier or the waiter or waitress that's helping me a question after I've given them my order. I'll say, I'm gonna uh, say a prayer before I eat my meal. Is there anything that I can pray for you about? And so if you just come up with questions that are open-ended, that begin to plant seeds with maybe people that you're engaging just once. I think that's awesome. Um, Some other question. Another question you might be able to ask someone is, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want it to be? I'll sometimes ask that question when I'm at the gym, and I'm, you know, um, if I'm passing by one of the guys there, I'll just I'll engage him with that question. It's a very open-ended one. Uh, Something else, though, that I think is very important is that as much as we might like to, to give emphasis on what you call cold turkey evangelism. I think that the most effective way for the gospel to advance in this generation is for us to share our lives with other people. And so the, the work environments that you're in, the neighborhoods where God has placed you, and any other sphere of influence where you are, you're there for a reason. And so be willing to share your life with the, the non-Christians that are around you. So something that I would say that you should never do is, is don't try to cover your mistakes as a Christian live just uh, and be real with the people that are around you. If if there's something that has happened in your life that you think it's okay to share in a public setting with, with the person you're getting to know, then let them know that you're a human being just like them. Something that people really value in this generation is knowing that a Christian that's that they're getting to know is not perfect. And it's so important for them to see that. And uh, something else that this generation really values is experience and the things that you Through. And that's where I think sharing your personal testimony or maybe an aspect of your testimony with them is so important. So just be willing to to be yourself and to really engage those that God has placed in your sphere of influence.
0: Well, Ryan, those are awesome takeaways. We are like perfectly out of time. And uh, but those are awesome. And uh, I'm excited. I've been taking notes this whole time. I'm excited to apply that to my own life, but I'm certain people who are listening, uh, um, just were really encouraged also. So Ryan, thanks so much for, um, doing this for us. And, uh, we will see you next time on the trumpet call podcast.